So we, we're all called to create ripples. But let's be honest, there are some people who are difficult and that makes it harder for us to experience heaven together. So last week, Pastor Stan started off this sermon series about how we could deal with difficult people. He taught us about the process in which we have to go through so that we can see the people around us with the same eyes that God sees them. Well, today, Pastor Stan's gonna summarize for us what we learned last week and then walk Pastor Lori through that process. Welcome. I'd like to begin this time by reading a quote from uh, Mother Teresa. And she says, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. What we want to do today is uh, provide an example of a process of how to create healthy ripples with difficult people. And uh, we're going to uh, have uh, the privilege of hearing from Pastor Lori about uh, handling a difficult person in her life in a healthy way. So we're going to walk through this process. And let me uh, just explain the process a little bit. Uh, the process begins with identifying the difficult person and then describing what is negative and what what are what is positive about the memories you have or the interactions you've had with the person then uh, to take the posture of really engaging and discovering how those negative feelings are being influenced or shaped uh, into beliefs about the, the person and looking at where those beliefs are coming from and then looking at how that belief affects your behavior toward the individual and how that compares to how you would desire to behave or interact with the individual. So from these uh, observations or discoveries, we then move to a, a exploration, which involves how we can perhaps have these memories reframed so that our beliefs can be adjusted or uh, maybe looking into the idea or the application of empathy and forgiveness and how that might be God's invitation to be able to receive uh, and the gift of forgiveness and empathy in, and in so doing being able to uh, celebrate with Jesus. And then maybe looking at grief and how that we can engage in grief with Jesus and others and so uh, that we can know that uh, we are not alone in this. And so the process basically is uh, designed to identify our true self, or the person God created us to be, that he desires 
for us to be blessing the world around us and to show his glory. The, the true self brings healthy ripples. So uh, let's begin our exploration with Pastor Lori. So Pastor Lori, who would you like us to uh, hear about and uh, share in your journey with? Okay, my difficult person is Chris. And I changed her name because she doesn't know she's my difficult person. But um, we are very close friends. I've known Chris for most of my life and um, just have a lot of great memories of us growing up, talking, playing games, playing sports, shopping. Um, it's really hard for me to even say that she's uh, a difficult person in my life because I love her so much. But um, what makes our relationship difficult is that she's an addict and I'm an enabler. Um, and so a lot of my memories um, really have to do with her lying and maybe denying and not taking responsibility. And that's really hard for me um, because, you know, there are times when maybe we would arrange getting together. And, you know, we haven't had to do that in a couple of years, but so COVID has been kind of relief in this and has helped me to take a step back and think about our, our relationship. But, um, you know, there would be, if we planned to get together, um, you know, there would be a good chance that she would cancel or she wouldn't show up at all. Um, she might show up, um, sober, but then I would always be wondering, like, did she drink? Is she drinking? What's going on? What, what condition is she in? And there was one time specifically where we did get together and um, she, I don't know how she got to my house, but she could barely walk and talk and keep her eyes open. And so I think it's having those experiences that really create a lot of anxiety and fear and, and anger um, for me. And, and it makes our relationship difficult. So how do these memories influence you? So I'm disappointed in myself because I cope by ignoring her addiction. Like we've had conversations about um, her using and I, I live within these two extremes. Like I either don't want to talk about it at all and not think about the bad and only like ignore the bad or I want to fix her and, um, I care. I don't know how to not care about her recovery more than she cares about her recovery. And I feel stuck because I'm waiting for her to go into recovery. So what are some ways that you see reframing empathy and forgiveness and grieving helping you to move forward? Mm. That's good. Okay. So reframing my memories, um, the story I want to tell myself is, and, and it's based in reality is that the Chris that I know is not the Chris that I grew up with, that the Chris that I know now is really her addiction. And also, um, Hmm. my strong desire for her to get better and to want to fix her. It really is the eight year old Lori that lives, still lives within me that wants her dad to stop drinking so that her family will be happier and safer. As far as empathy goes, you know, the conversations that Chris and I have had about her addiction, um, just, you know, I know that it's hard. I know that it's so hard for her to ask for help. And I get that. It's hard for me to ask for help. You know, she's so proud and she so wants to do this on her own. And I get that. I am so like that too. I understand it. And also, you know, she is weighed down by guilt and shame. And she has this harsh critic 
that is relentless in her, in her condemnation of herself. And so my heart just goes out to her in that way. As far as forgiveness, um, let's see, that's a hard one. And, and forgiveness is a process. So remember, it's a process. Um, I don't think I've ever, I'm, um, um, yeah, it's, it's a process. Okay. So I think for me, the hardest thing is, is to name the harm and to be as specific as I can be and not necessarily to, to talk about that with Chris, but more like with my therapist and with my life group, with my friends and, 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 and to, with God and to journal and process, okay, what happened? How do I feel about that? And how did that, what harm did that do to me and, and our relationship? And I think, um, that saying, you know, she's doing her best is good. And I think that's part of the empathy side, but to be as specific as possible, like naming that time when we were going to go out to dinner and she showed up like barely able to keep her eyes open, that that needs to be named, um, because that needs to be forgiven. And I think the second part is if a forgiveness is, is letting go and what motivates me to forgive, um, is, my knowing and experiencing God's warm embrace and welcoming home, um, as, as, as one who is probably someone else's difficult person. And, um, as one who harms people every day of her life, know the way of evil. I know what it's like to, to, um, to hold on to that anger, to, you know, as, as one who grew up in a home of alcoholic and going through their teen years and experiencing all the hormones and trying to figure out who I am and, 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 and to not have agency and to not have power. Um, I would think such evil thoughts and I wanted so much harm. I wanted my dad to hurt as much as I had been hurt. And so I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to want to condemn someone, to want to harm someone as I have been harmed. And that led me down a path of death and destruction because as I lived out that anger and that pain, um, I, I really, lost, um, my humanity in a sense, right? I, I, I was stuck emotionally, um, spiritually, mentally, physically. And I, I, I wanted to, um, numb myself from the pain. And in that process, I numb myself from joy. And I really was just living life as a zombie, like, you know, with no life and no love and no freedom and joy and peace. And so that's when I knew when I came back to the Lord, uh, that's when I knew, um, what it was, what forgiveness felt like. And I want to put that out. I want those ripples, to, the ripples of love to go out, um, and be part of that path as opposed to the path of evil and, and harm and destruction. I think for me, uh, the third one was grieving and that's probably the hardest for me because, uh, it's so hard for me to identify and feel sadness because I, oh, it's just, it's very difficult for me. Um, but you know, I am sad about the fact that I, I can't trust her. I'm sad that, um, we don't have the same experiences that we had before and, and not that they had to be exactly the same, but we still go to concerts together. We can still hang out. We can still shop and talk and, and we don't have that, um, currently. And I think that makes me really, it makes me really sad. And I, and I grieve that. So how can others journey with you? in this process and uh, this mm. plan of action. How can others journey with me? For me, um, 
there, of course, there is no formula, right? And this process, you know, how I'm going to answer today is going to be different from, you know, if you ask me this question next month or next year, right? Because it is a process and we're changing and we're growing and we're understanding more. And so, so for me, for today, as I try to answer your question, um, it's walking with me um, as one who struggles with forgiveness. It's validating my feelings of frustration and anger and fear. Um, it's accepting me. It's um, being with me in my sadness. Um, it's it's you know going to be my therapist um, helping me create boundaries and coming up with consequences. And then it's going to be all hands on deck when I have that conversation with Chris to be able to express my boundaries and to be able to follow through with those consequences because there is so much fear of losing the friendship and telling me I'm going to need people around me to tell me no these are these consequences and these boundaries are good and they are loving and you can do it and even though it's hard you can do it and um, I think it is our tendency to want to hide from sin to want to deny it and to seek refuge in the darkness but it's in the darkness that we deny that we experience shame and guilt, that we can even blame others and become self-righteous. But Jesus is the light and he is the light of the world. And he invites us to bring that darkness that we want to hide out into the light. And I think it's 1 Peter 2.9 that says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, and that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So this process, um, it helps us to create ripples of health and of love. And that is how we are, are going to experience heaven together.